0: All right, we're here today with Alan Branch, of formerly Less Accounting, the co-founder, and now into a little bit of Less Everything, literally is the name of his uh, company. Uh, Alan, I'm gonna let you dive into a little more of the details about what you're working on right now and what you've done since selling Less Accounting and kind of where things are heading. Um, and then kind of, if you can, weave in there a 30-second background of how you got to here <laughs> over the yeah. course of all this.
1: I'll start with the last question, which is the quick stories in two thousand and eight. we launched lessa accounting, my business partner and I. We bootstrap it till it was profitable in about two thousand and eleven, which means we slowly weaned down our consultant pro- consultancy projects because we were building software for people. Uh, and, and we had a team of like eight or nine at the time. Um, we We were a product company from like two thousand and eleven ish till recently in, in June on June or July when we sold less accounting. Um, and now we're back to building software for people and that's under the umbrella of less everything We went back to the umbrella of less everything um, Building software for clients anyone who wants to focus on reoccurring revenue mostly existing companies adding additional revenue streams is what we're finding And uh, and also our video company. We started a video company in 2011 uh, Called less films. Um, helping out less films writing uh, writing scripts and uh, talking to clients and doing some marketing, but they make uh, explainer type videos, any type of video that helps you improve conversions in your web app. So lots of things. So that's the, you know, then now present whatever that is. Yeah. No, oh,
0: yeah. well, absolutely. So what you're saying is you went from consulting to the holy grail of having a SaaS product that generates recurring revenue and then you jump ship to get back into consulting that everybody else in the world is trying to get away from. What's wrong with you?
1: Yeah. <laughs> um the you know so yeah, we I mean we ran a product company for like what four years. Um and it's not everyone thinks it's the holy grail. It's just the grass is always greener and it was great running a product company with steady revenue and organic a lot of the organic search traffic. It was very little fires to put out, you know there was no downtime on the servers or lawsuits or anything, but um we just found that we worked on the product for eight years, and we were just tired of working on the same problem and beating our head against the wall and it was time just to shift of some new problems and uh and it's 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 been a good decision, of course, there's been regret and and worry, oh my gosh, I made the, the worst decision of my life, but so far, so good, yeah. So back, back to product, back to building software for clients.
0: It was about a change of pace,
1: just new problems. You yeah. know, I you know you know we sold us accounting or yeah sold us accounting, and that was eight years. And so it's not like we were like quitters. <laughs> we yeah. didn't really give it the old college try. It was eight years. Eight so
0: years. were y'all passionate about accounting in that area beforehand, or did y'all just kind of stumble into it because you hated using QuickBooks and wanted to build something for yourself?
1: Uh, all of the above, right? Like it was, uh, my accountant said you should use QuickBooks. And I was like, I really just need an expense tracker. And he was like, no, you need QuickBooks. And, and we love small businesses because Steve and I both are like third generation entrepreneurs. And so we do love that as well. And then we, I love solving like boring problems. I love HR software. I love all that kind of stuff. That stuff's fun to be like real pro- real business problems. You know, it's not some new interface for some photo sharing app. Yeah, Uh, it's a real problem that's gonna help people in in a real business situation.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you sold it. Can you kind of walk through the process of deciding to sell, committing, and then going through that to how how it unfolded in terms of you know you ended up working with FE International, uh, like I did with Sifter and you know obviously some of that stuff you you know you can't share but how much of it can you tell how it all unfolded how it went down your regrets your feelings um excitement all that through the process
1: you ask like 17 questions in one
0: just tell the story and give <laughs> us all the insight and in the dirt
1: right wrap it up in a beautiful fe international sale monologue
0: well you don't have to do that
1: they are good guys though <laughs> Uh, yeah. So we, Steve and I are product people. Like I'm a designer. He's a tech guy, much like you. We know, we know code, right? I don't know investment banking. I don't know how to sell a company. And so it was, it was always like, what's our company worth? $79 million or you know, maybe it's worth 50 grand. I don't even know. Um, and we just didn't know people bought those things. But then our friends started slowly selling their products and we're like, Oh, what was that like? And they're like, it wasn't really that bad. Uh, and so we're like, oh, oh, there's actually there is a way to exit. It wasn't like, you know, we were desperate to do it or that was the plan. It was just merely we were ignorant of the process. Same order is almost the same reason why we did, we chose bootstrapping. I don't know how to raise money. It's, it's not like it was like some really conscious choice. I know product. We built product. Yeah. Um, but it was FE International kind of popped in the radar a couple of years ago. and We were like, oh, so we started talking to them and the process took about a year and uh, my business partner really handled most of it. Uh, the team that took over uh, was super cool. We had a bunch of letters of, letters of intent at the same time, um, and and David at FE International just shields you from so many conversations of people who can't buy the product, who just want to talk to you, mm-hmm. uh, and people who you know, are just sniffing around. Yeah. And uh, and so they do a really good job of protecting your time, and they're they're good guys, and they evaluate the products properly, I think, and. Um, so, no regrets with FE International. They're like stellar, awesome dudes. Um, but uh, I don't, no regrets. You know, certainly some days I wish it was like I could just, with less accounting, I literally took off at the beginning of this year almost three months and just sat in the boatyard and worked in my boat. Yeah. So, yeah, the, having the product company is great, it's great. But it also, when, when you can't measure your time equals money, it's, it's also kind of like, well, fuck it all. The, I'm just not going to work today. Because you, you can't really tell what if you're doing things that matter that actually change the needle, because yeah. it's such a long tail uh, dollar bill sign from the time. Um, but uh, yeah, FE International was great. Uh, we didn't know how to sell the product, so we contacted them. They kind of walked us through it, and it was went from there. So looking, so, look, back, I'm giving like the world's longest answers.
0: No, no, it's good. Uh, so looking back, and you obviously, you know, you didn't handle you weren't so hands-on with the sale and the sale process. But looking back, if y'all could have done something different, like what did y'all learn during the process of trying to sell that made you kind of kick yourself for like, oh, man, we should have done this better and it would have been easier to sell. It would have been less painful,
1: that kind of thing. Oh, hmm, our, our books weren't, uh, they were in good condition. So that's usually the first thing people talk about. It's like, oh, my bookkeeping was when just a you, when mess. When you sell
0: accounting <laughs> software, I would kind of hope sure. so. <laughs>
1: It wasn't really that bad. They had to add a couple extra reports because less accounting didn't have some uh, larger accounting filters. We ended up um, doing some SQL queries for that and building some reports um, that some for some reason you need to when you buy a business um, some advanced balance sheet stuff. I think it was mm-hmm. something like that. Um, but no, there's no was no big lesson to be learned. Uh, I don't wish I sold it sooner. I don't wish we would. Have, I think we sold at the right time and. Um, so no, I don't have any regrets. I wish I had some big life lesson, but it was like, and, and yeah, no, it's cool. Well, I mean, I wish got more money. I wish we got more money, but I, you know, I'd, whatever, right?
0: Well, I'm, I'm pretty sure you did it right because you sold your company and then you literally are just posting selfies of you on a sailboat all day, so.
1: Uh, it's not all day. <laughs> <laughs> the misconception is that I don't work. I, I do. It's, I'm, I'm purpose about, like, I love sleep and I can sleep till like 8.30 every day. But I wake up at 5.45 to have my whole afternoon off, right? It's being yeah. like super – like realizing I don't get much daylight and then much time with my kids. And so I'll get up before everyone else does and get more work done. Yeah. No, uh, I so it's being I like deliberate. the
0: same way. But not so much by choice. Just kind of gravitated that way with yeah. kids. Totally. You get earlier and earlier and you're like, eh, 5 o'clock. That's not early.
1: Right. And so people always go like, oh, you just work on your boat all day. I know you weren't. But some people do that. I'm like, no. Yeah, I, I, I work an eight-hour day, seven, half, eight hours. Uh, but I'll cut out at 2 o'clock and go have fun for a couple hours, you know.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so with deciding to sell, kind of circling back real quick, did a flip? Did a switch just flip one day or had that kind of been building up and building up and you all just didn't know how to sell? And then once you realized it was an option, you're like, well, crap, we're out of here.
1: Yeah, it was like immediately. No, like what, Effie, what? <laughs> no, it was um, – uh, you know, we had been we had been talking about it for several years, right? Because you know we worked on it for eight years. So I, I probably in probably 2014 we had some conversations about what does an exit look like or who would exit from us, and we had some we had some talks with some people. Um, but it was always just like I I don't know. It, it, once we got into the FE sales funnel, we knew we wanted to sell. It was kind of like it was almost like once you decide to, once you make a big decision, you like you're like Maybe our tipping point wasn't at the sale. It was really contacting FE International. It was like, okay, yeah, we're just going to do it. Probably. Let's just go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, It was something we kind of talked about, and then we had a few friends do it. And then it was like, okay, then the ball just going. It's,
0: it's funny how much that parallels how it was with Sifter. I was like, I don't know, maybe, I don't know, maybe. And then I talked to them, and I was like, all right.
1: Yeah, it was like, it's done. We're selling it. it yeah. It's kind of like if you're thinking about trading in your car or something, and like a, like a bird, you knock a mirror off on a mailbox, you're like, ah, fuck it, we'll just get rid right of the like, <laughs> Yeah, it's like, get out. I don't care. Who like that. No, don't put that in there. <laughs> <laughs> we did. We did care.
0: Oh, so going back to the SaaS life, like, what was the most difficult, stressful thing that y'all went through running an app?
1: Um, it was self-imposed stress of, uh, at least I feel that way. Always second guessing every feature thinking it's the next thing. That's, that was the biggest, you know, the revenue is very steady. And so there is, as opposed to consulting, which you get a big check and it's a very emotional high and you didn't have a cash flow issue. SAS is very, and so there wasn't peaks and valleys. It was very low stress and, but you know, on the level of one to 10, it was a four, three, but a four or three at the whole time. Um, but There was never any major stress. We didn't have any doubt. It was always just going, damn it, why aren't we growing faster? Yeah. Why, you know, why, how can we get just, we got tired of asking ourselves those questions and just, it was a self imposed, like, we should be doing better. Uh, always feel like we should do better, yeah. uh, you know. So, and it was a, so it was like a, a form of self torture almost, I it, guess. It, it
0: really is, right? No matter how fast you're growing, it's not fast enough. There's always, you could be growing more. And the question is, what am I doing wrong that I'm not growing more?
1: Yeah.
0: Right. We all talk to each other and somebody else is growing just a little bit faster. It's like, well, how come I'm not doing that? What do I need to change? What am I doing
1: wrong? And yeah. Yeah. Well, and then everyone writes these blog posts of like, this is how I raised my conversion 746% in two hours. And you're like, I just got to figure out what that one little thing is for us. That's all it is, Absolutely. right? And so, like, we compare ourselves to these people who are given like, this false reality of, like, how it really is. But um,
0: I think it's, a, it's definitely too easy to get caught up in those comparisons. I know in the first few years, I definitely got sucked into that. And it took me a while to be like, you know what? I'm doing well. Like, I'm happy. Like, why do I care what, you know, if we're growing or not? Like, where we are is good. Um, I think that's a difficult that's, thing to accept, though. When you go into it, you expect and you have these hopes that it's going to be everything and more. And then when it falls even slightly short of our completely unrealistic goals, we're disappointed. It's like, right. oh, wait a minute, should we be disappointed or was it our goals were crazy? And
1: Yeah. I mean, the tech industry, because we're scalable, they th- we think we can run at 40X of what a normal business would. A normal business can't handle 10% growth, you know, unless there's some sort of inventory warehouse component where it's logistical. But like... A car wash can't handle ten percent. A restaurant, they they only have a certain number of tables, yeah. and uh, there, if you told them, oh, you're gonna grow twenty percent next year, ten percent, they would be like, oh my god, yes, right? Or you're gonna be in business next year. Yeah. You know, just you're gonna be in business. They'd be like, oh thank God. Um, mm-hmm. My I mean, my family ran car washes that don't they? You know they they don't do that. They don't go up you know three x in a year. Yeah. And so we have these unrealistic expectations of ourselves because we heard about this ur- one urban legend guy that did that one thing, and so yeah, it's 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 crazy. It's a it's a warped industry with, with unrealistic. Hey, expectations.
0: There's a lot of room for more realistic expectations throughout, for sure. For sure. Um, going back to bef- even before launching. If mm-hmm. you could just pick one key thing, and it could be a big thing, it could be a little thing, that mm-hmm. y'all would do differently, what would it be?
1: Well, you I mean so anything? In like the, in the psychological sense, you know, you could say like lower your expectation, which really was like we really we beat ourselves up constantly, going like we should grow faster. Say, just go, hey, Alan. I'd be like, Alan, uh, be prepared for a five-year fight. and right just get because it always felt like we needed that one feature and so it was always i would say just slow down slow down and just and and focus on growing traffic and not features even though features is the thing you know how to build grow traffic faster and sooner and um and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not, you know, build it, they will come, you know, that kind of stuff. So I would, it's all, it's all conventional stuff that Amy Hoy teaches now yeah. that in 2008 and, and nobody was talking like this in 2008 and 2002, it was just like, uh, you know, what? It, it you know, no one, I mean, until 37 signal started talking about getting real and those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, I feel like all my wisdom now is like common knowledge. Like I'm like the old man who's just right, like, but it's common oh, knowledge drink for you, water.
0: But- there's so many people who are, you know, just now starting to think about, Oh, how can I create an app? Whether it was they didn't have enough experience and now they feel like we're there, they know how to build things, but they don't know how it actually unfolds and plays out. And so I think there's yeah. a lot of help there. I wish somebody had slapped me in the face and said, look, it's going to take you five to eight years before, you know, things are comfortable. And right. you know, at the time I would have been like, whatever, that's ridiculous. It'll mm-hmm. take me six months tops. Right. Um, so I think having realistic expectations is a huge part of it. And it's the thing that everybody overlooks, right? Cause we know technology, but none of us think about that, the more soft side of building a business and mm. the resilience that it takes and all that. So I think the more people hear that and understand that they're not going to blow up in six months, the more it helps people have realistic expectations. They don't want to try and quit their job in a blaze of glory and say, you know, right. I'm out of here. I'm going to be a millionaire tomorrow. Um, yeah.
1: I talked to a guy, he's like a senior college. He works with like my sister-in-law's mom and he's, he's a CS major and he's interning right now at some place in Auburn. And he's like, I want to build an app. I'm like, well, and I, or I want to build my own development agency. I was like, well, realize what that actual job is. You're not, he loves code. I'm like, you start a big company. You're not going to be coding. Yeah. You're going to get moved into a marketing sales role, growing a company. Even if you have a consultancy, you turn into the salesperson or the, or the manager. You don't no. – and so realize what your job is going to be when you do that thing. And like you can build a gr- cool product that you like but build a job that you hate. Mm-hmm. And so realize like build a job that you really want because for a few years we had, I had a job that I didn't really want. Um, and so uh, realize what the, what the job actually the, – the, the actual job is.
0: Yeah. Well, we all want to believe that we build a product and the product will be great and it'll sell itself, but you know, that can only get you so far and it takes a lot more than that. Mm -hmm. Uh, So one of my favorite questions that I hear a lot, and I like this question because it's different for everybody. Where did your first customers
1: come from? How'd y'all reach that? Yeah, this is like, first customers is like 2007, right? It was like right, I think right when Twitter came out or something. And blogs was like, people were using Blogspot and TypePad. Uh, and so our first customers were emailing. I was just like, Basecamp was the only people we could think of that was like a, an obtainable thing. It was like, we're going to be the Basecamp for accounting. We're going to be simple like Basecamp. Well, that was our tagline. We made like a little splash page, but it wasn't called a splash page or a landing page. It was just called like a website with a form <laughs> to collect emails. Yeah. That's what it was called. I mean, you remember that. It was probably a PHP form or something and uh, probably with no caption or anything like that. And uh, and so we just emailed like Web 2.0 bloggers and we just, and, and podcasters. And they were like, oh, sign up for this beta. It was like, get on a beta list. Get on a beta list. And, uh, and so we emailed a bunch of those people. And so I'm sure one of those guys or gals was one of the first, uh, paying customers, uh, months later. But yeah, it was like just straight up old email and the email list. It was like 500 people or
0: something. Well, and now that's much, much more difficult because there's just so much noise. You've got, everybody's like, I'm not going to sign up for yet another beta list. I've got a million of these already. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's definitely a lot more difficult to pull that off. Um, question so through all of this building SAS, doing consulting now what is it that gets you out of bed right that makes you excited every day to get to work on something
1: <clears throat> yeah i certainly so also realize like i don't skip out of bed i do i do jump out of bed i'm not like <sighs> Or, and it's not like we, it's more like, oh, what's going on today? Like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't really plan my day out, like, I have calls and stuff. Um, but I'm not like I know exactly what I'm going to work on. So, sort of the suspense of like, what am I going to work on today? What emails have come in? What and I have overarching things I need to accomplish over the week, but I don't plan the actual days. And so, just the like excitement of like knowing a project's going to be launched, or like, I don't know, just, just it's. There's just, just like energy that brims within the company that I'm excited to like experience and do. It just sounds like super weird and almost hippie, but like I'm just like, what are we gonna work on today? And like I like everyone that I work with, so it's like, what are we gonna work? What are we gonna do today? Hey, what do you wanna do? What do you wanna do? And it's just like, you know, it's fun. I uh,
0: I don't think I would accept that answer from anybody other than you, but in right. your case, I think well,
1: I think it yeah. And I'm just like, oh, I don't want to work today. I'm like, fuck it, I'm not gonna work. <laughs> So like we're not going out of business tomorrow. So like if there's a day that I really just, am like, uh, yeah, I don't want to work today. It's like, and mostly that happens when it's like a really pretty day outside. It'll be like 72 degrees, blue skies. And I'll be like, Man, I don't want to work today. And I'll be like, oh, we won't go work and I'll just go do something else. Right. Yeah. So I don't really have like really truly days where I'm like, Ugh. I just don't work. Cause like there's an afternoon where I'm feeling like in a shitty mood. I just, don't work. It's toxicity. Yeah. And I, nothing I do is going to be creative if I'm in a it's shitty mood.
0: Yeah, it's tough. Right. And then I'm
1: going to bring toxicity and toxicity into the company, yeah. and so I just don't work. But that doesn't happen very often. I'm a pretty positive person.
0: You are. You are for sure. Uh, I want to talk about marketing a little bit. Y'all did a lot of content marketing uh, for Less Accounting, um, and just the other day I. Googled for how to build my own office in the backyard and guess who was at the top of the results.
1: <laughs> so
0: you've got this down, right? Like you spent a lot of time doing that. Is that something that you knew would pay off? Is it something where you started seeing results and built on it or are you just kind of always are trying something new? Uh, you know, what's your, what's your strategy behind all that?
1: Um, so there's a couple like answers I could say. Like I think content marketing is awesome and running or doing content marketing can be awesome if you enjoy writing their articles. Again, it's about having a job you like. If you hate writing – if you like writing but you're writing crappy articles, you're not going to like that job. So it's always been how can I use these businesses and literally use as in like use and abuse. And Steve is the exact same way. How can we use these business to have a life that we want? And so it wasn't like my backyard office articles. There are articles. If you Google shed quarters or backyard office, I wrote a whole guide on literally the construction of building a backyard office, like building it with wood. Mm -hmm. And that wasn't because I was like, Ooh, there's an SEO opportunity in here. It was literally, I wanted a backyard office. Yeah. And how can I get the business to pay for this? How can I use this thing that I'm doing in my job and as a job, and how can I take off weeks and weeks and work on it and call it working? Yeah. Right. And so, we wrote a lot of content, but if you look at the content, it's our thing, it's like things like health insurance. Like when the Obamacare stuff came around, I was like, I need to learn about Obamacare. I don't know anything about insurance, nothing. And so, I spent two months calling insurance, reading things, and listening to podcasts, and I wrote a whole guide on buying insurance. and What are little? Th- so it wasn't like I was going. What's the SEO opportunity? I was writing stuff I really generally wanted to know. And then um, it just so happened there were some SEO opportunities that got us traffic. The problem with that traffic is they're not primed going like, oh, goody. I wanted to – you know what? Uh, I was looking to buy do a backyard office and now I'm going to sign up for accounting software. They're not primed. And so you, you then shift your focus from getting that person back, getting them on e- email list because you're not going to sell them a – three. you could sell them a $3 t-shirt, $10 t-shirt, but not accounting software in the first visit. It's, it takes several points of touch. Um, and so content marketing worked great for us, brought a lot of traffic and some conversions, and it gave us a much higher metric in um, uh, for when we sold the, the product, too, because the marketing, we had like 110,000 unique visitors a month, yeah. which is for free. Mm-hmm. Um, and so um, that brought a lot of value. They, could, they knew that the, the marketing was turnkey at that point. They, you yeah. know They could do keyword research. Um, so yeah, content marketing was great for us, but we did it like under on our own terms.
0: Yeah. So there's, there's two things there that really resonate with me just based on my experience. One is create content that you care about. And so many people are like, Oh, how can I game the system? How can I write something that's going to have the right headlines to get traffic versus, you know what? I'm passionate about this. I can write about this. How does it tie back into what I'm doing every day? Mm -hmm. Um, that's going to help you create better content to begin with because your motivation is in the right place, right? If you're just trying to game the system, it's not going to work and you're just going to be completely beat down and exhausted and drained. Um, and the other aspect is the value of that marketing for the business, right? So obviously it's valuable to business generating traffic. But then when you go to sell, it's actually getting you a higher multiple or a stronger multiple simply because they know that that traffic is reliable because that organic traffic, that reliability, uh, it was the same with Sifter because I had done so much writing about bug and issue tracking and all of that, that there was plenty of organic traffic and it helps make a clear path with some continuity. It's not like, Oh, well, what happens if we turn off the marketing? The marketing is not going to get turned off overnight. Like, you know, organic traffic can fade, but it's not gonna disappear and dry up overnight. Exactly. Um, so it's one of those things where, you know, we get so caught up as developers and product people, and we wanna just design and build things, but it's, there's a very clear value to the marketing, uh, both for the business while you're running it and for selling it for everything. And I think as developers, that's something that's hard to remind ourselves of because we just wanna go code and, you know, Commit code, ship code, and then wait for the money to roll in. When instead, you really got to tell people about. If you launch an app and don't tell anybody, nobody cares. No matter Mm -hmm. if Slack launched and never told anybody, Slack wouldn't be where they are, right? You have to tell people. There's marketing involved.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, and and I I would take good marketing and a bad product before I'd take a great product with with no marketing. Uh, Marketing is, you know, it sells a, a bad product. QuickBooks, right? They're they're the industry leader, right? For well, but
0: so they're an unpleasant product. But people wouldn't use well, it if there was, you know. Well, sure, yeah, yeah, for sure. There's it's a little of both. Uh, and, and in hindsight, like I think back now that you know, launching cifra I'm like I should have spent about half my time on building it, and half my time on marketing it. Oh As yeah. much as I didn't enjoy marketing, like the reality is you have to do that, or nobody's going to know about it. And nobody's going to buy it.
1: And there are some there are some wins you can do with SEO. I'm not going to say that we didn't write. There are some SEO articles I wasn't writing them. Uh, I would do a little bit of keyword research. You can hire somebody to keyword research, but I don't wouldn't put a lot of like onus in SEO. SEO is a long term one to two year type of a play um, that you can do a little bit of if the mar- if if the product is right. Uh, we had there was lots of articles we could write. and wrote about like accounting-ish things, yeah. you know, which is a lot of a lot of verticals don't have that advantage. Um, but when you start playing the SEO game, it's an arms race. If you have competitors and you're doing SEO and they're doing SEO, it's not something. There's no differentiator in there, like unless you're writing it really sway to your personality. And so that's why content marketing for you know, the only thing QuickBooks doesn't have and Zero doesn't have is us. And so, if, if we're just straight playing the SEO game, they're going to win because they have, you know, they spend $70 million a year. We yeah. spent, we were spending like 380 or something. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, and, and
0: I think, I, I'm not going to remember the exact wording, but on your homepage, it's, uh, it used to say, I don't know if it still does, all accounting software sucks. We just suck less. Mm-hmm. Right. And it's that personality that, so many people too are afraid to have that personality, that point of view and just put a stake in the ground and be like, here it is. But, you know, and I'm sure I'm not the first person to comment on that either. Mm -hmm. I don't know how much, you know, you you quantified how that affected growth or anything like that. But, um, I think it's having that opinion, having that stake in the ground, being able to make a statement and differentiate yourselves from all the other big players that are trying to be buttoned up accounting software. Uh, you know, it, it it there's value in it, and everybody you know their taglines and all the software is such and such simplified,
1: mm-hmm. right? Or like mm-hmm.
0: all these really really crummy, dry taglines, as opposed yep. to something like what y'all did, which is just embrace it and say, hey, here we are, you know, and have that point of view. I think is it goes so far with marketing too.
1: Yeah, I mean we can't we can't beat them with dollars or people or Resources, so that we can only beat them with us. Yeah. We certainly probably lost a few customers because of that, um, but we sort of vetted the co- people we didn't want to have. Yeah, and so sometimes your marketing, if you do it right, can scare away the right people before they become bad customers. Um, and so I, I'm am big into the right people need to be following you and contacting you, not everybody. So well, and
0: and to that end too, a lot of people. A lot of the questions are, oh, how am I ever going to compete against, you know, in your case, like QuickBooks, zero. And it's like, don't play their game, you know, by going the other way and playing a different game, you're putting yourself in a spot that they can't ever compete with you in because they're huge. And a lot of founders feel like that means, oh, well, I've got to be out there. I've got to be the face of the company. And that's not necessarily true. You could still have a personality and stake out a brand without being, you know, having your face all over the software or being the... The voice of the software so there's i think a lot of value for people to realize that and to kind of get a little more gutsy and say you know what let's be different how can we be different go the yeah.
1: other way and then not try to like my flavor isn't everyone else's flavor right yeah. and that's like if don't copy do what makes you feel comfortable and you know um there's a guy named carlos and carlos is, is an amazing colombian rails developer he plays the accordion but he doesn't tell anybody he plays the accordion. Like, I, I would, on my website, I would have me playing the accordion, right? Because he plays the accordion. I mean, how unusual is that and amazing, right? So it'd be like, hey, my name's Carlos, I'm a Rails developer, and I play the accordion. That's literally, I would introduce myself. Um, but some people are just kind of scared to be like, he's. I mean, he's basically a closeted accordion player.
0: <laughs> well, a lot of people are coming from backgrounds where they're working for large companies, and the company yeah. literally... Not necessarily stifles them, but the the company doesn't care if they're outspoken or have a personality. And so then all of a sudden you get into a situation where you're in charge and it's hard to all of a sudden flip a switch and feel comfortable going in a different direction than what you spent your whole career doing.
1: It's true. So it doesn't come natural. We, we, We tend to do things that feel natural to us. So, like being, I've always just kind of been this way and Steve has been himself. And so it's, uh, it's just been natural it feels natural and so that's why it's hard for me to teach that and tell people like you should be that, cuz that's just the way it feels like i should be
0: well yeah and you don't so. you don't want to copy somebody else you just want to find your own voice and embrace it rather than try to be somebody you're not cuz that's just as bad but i agree right on well we could probably end up talking all night but we're about the ending point here so i guess the last question is just Based on everything you've learned, if you could give one tip, one piece of advice to somebody else who wants to do something similar, what would it be? And it can't be would, don't do accounting software.
1: Right, <laughs> which actually would because it's a big market. I would, and maybe that's it, right? It's don't attack such big markets. Uh, no one was saying this obvious thing. I feel like in 2007, no one was saying go to a vertical, find a niche. But I think that's – I mean Amy Hoy talks about small products, info products. But I would be looking very small. And then looking for like what makes me successful in my eyes like what makes me feel good. And set like actual numbers and, and just realize it's going to take a long time and be kinder to yourself. And, uh, you know, just just more, more like sustainability personality wise and physically and mentally would be my advice. Would be kind of remembering those things and then be yourself. It's all the same things we talked about tonight. I don't really have any sort of like – Make sure you ask for the credit card first, and then the trial should be 16 days, not 14. And then, you know, I don't, I don't have any of those really good tips because uh, I think all that just depends on the business that you're doing. It's all bullshit.
0: Well, and I, I think the tips you're giving are definitely the ones that people need to hear because that's what people aren't talking about. And so, I agree.
1: Well, that's all I got. I don't have any. I don't have any other deep insights. All just like take a vacation, be nice, go for a walk. Yeah, that kind of stuff. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
0: Well, this has been awesome, man. I really appreciate it. Thanks so much for taking the time. Uh, I'll get all this sorted out, get the logistics up, get the video up, keep you keep you posted. Cool. Uh, but yeah, thanks again, man. I really awesome. appreciate it. I'm sure everybody Great else time. will get a lot out of this too. We'll
1: see. We'll see. All right. Thanks. Awesome. Yeah, man.